Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. I've alluded to in the past how I use essential oils in my life to uplevel my health. They're just basically a tool in my healthcare tool belt. If you're confused about how to use essential oils and you have no idea how to incorporate them in your life, I want to provide you with my top 10 ways to use essential oils cheat sheet. So head on over to bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. That's bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. O-I-L-C-H-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T to get your free copy now. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 116. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Danielle Pisante. Danielle is an established personal trainer, sports model in Los Angeles, and is the creator of the Kick-Ass Training Guides, online workout programs for women. She can be found as the lead trainer for the 30-day fat burn series on BeFit. Danielle was recently named as a trending fitness star by Shape Magazine. She's been training clients for over 10 years and has a passion for helping people reach their health and fitness goals. She's a firm believer that consistency is key when it comes to your health. Even the smallest positive daily habits can have a lasting effect. I'm so excited to have her on the show. We met almost 10 years ago now when we both attended Fitness Model International down in California, and I had a girl crush on her then when um, I saw her because she's got this long, flowing blonde hair, and I even tell her so in the episode, which is slightly embarrassing listening back to it, but um, it's all good. Um, She's absolutely amazing. I love her sarcasm, and I really hope you guys enjoy the interview. Caveat, if my podcast editor shout outs to Andy cannot take out the barking havoc our eldest dog decided that he wanted to bark at everything that walked by on the street and so I was recording this from home this evening and um, it's a lot so there's a lot of barking and if we can't take it out I'm so sorry please stick with the the interview I really hope you guys enjoy it so let's get into the show welcome Danielle to the show Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We've been connected for so long online and I was so excited when I launched the show and it's taken me forever, like third season to get you on. So I can't wait to chat. It's always just hard coordinating, isn't it? Right. And different time zones, all the excuses, but we're here and we're ready to get into it. So when I sent you over what the definition of an alpha female is, according to myself and my podcast community. Uh, What did you think of the definition and how do you see yourself as one? Well, I love the definition. Obviously, I love um, everything that you're doing and I love what the podcast stands for and is about. Um, For me personally, I think being an alpha female is just kind of stepping into your light as a female and not being afraid of any outside sources, even if it is another female. Um, I think just kind of owning who you are and 
being completely authentic about it is for me what being an alpha female means and and just um being confident and open to opportunities open to help people uh all those things to me i love it so how do you Uh, I love the word like authentic. Like when we say we're showing up in an authentic manner, I think you do such a great job of doing it in your social media because that's the only way (laughs) we keep in touch. But what would you say is like, what is your point of difference in terms of like how you just started showing up um, that felt really good? Yeah, I think it's a practice, which, which sounds super weird, but I think it's true over the years I've seen myself totally morph into a more authentic presence first before when I would just simply post a photo and put a motivational quote attached to it and be like, yeah, let's go crush Monday. Uh, (laughs) And like half the time, I don't feel like crushing Monday. And I just want to tell my people what I want on a Monday. So, so I think, um, how do I describe this? Um, Honestly, it's one of those things where you're really afraid to press post for the first time. You're just, you're a little unsure of it. You're not sure how your audience is going to respond. You're not sure what people are going to say. And then you do it. And once you do it and you get that authentic feedback right back in, that's when you start to show up more authentically more often if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I love it. I would actually also describe you as like unapologetically sarcastic. Oh yeah. 100. (laughs) I don't hold back at all. It's, I mean, I really used to hold back because I was so afraid that people would be offended by, um, you know, sometimes, I mean, a lot of times I cuss a lot of times I'm just very blunt or sarcastic, as you said. And I was afraid to show up like that because I think so many people, Uh, especially the media. And this is kind of let's like rewind five years, said you should show up perfect with the perfect photo and, you know, be a nice human being. And, and not that I'm not a nice human being, but there were a lot of uh, traits about me that are just kind of fun and make me me. And I didn't want to hold back on that. I if I was feeling some kind of way, I wanted to let people know (laughs) about it. So I, that's what I love about now in 2018. I think uh, being authentic is much more accepted and being who you really are is liked by a lot of people. So I alluded in your bio that like we met uh, quite a long time ago now in the fitness model international world because before it moved to a business focus. And I remember, I remember being super intimidated by you because you were like, look gorgeous blonde fitness model. And it was true. Like, I wonder if it was also like the industry was teaching you that you had to be perfect to make it on a cover, to make it into an advertising campaign. Uh, and now as you started, you know, transitioning to an online business where you're not only, you know, the, the face behind a brand or, um, selling yourself for selling yourself, selling yourself for campaigns, (laughs) but now you're selling yourself as you and the, the digital products and services that you can provide the world. And you had to show a different person, like what made you different than the, the model behind, behind the photo. Yeah, I think for so many years, it's funny that you bring up um, FMI, which is where we met. But I think there was so much focus behind like land a cover, um, 
do this, do that, be on this pedestal and work for these major companies. And um, I did it for four years. I worked for almost every major athletic apparel brand in the business. And on outward appearance, it looks super cool. Like, wow, she's ripped and she's beautiful. And she's on this Asics ad, Adidas and Nike. And it looks so glamorous. And um, not to say it didn't definitely help my brand because it did, but it's just not as glamorous as it looks. I mean, um, yes, you can make money doing it, but again, you're showing up to a job as like the model. Okay. So we hired Danielle, the model, and that's how they treat you. And it's kind of unfortunate. Like they don't know anything about me. They don't half the time. They don't even know I'm a trainer half the time. They don't know I run my own business like a boss, <laughs> you know, like they don't know these things. And so you show up and they just kind of treat you like, Oh, you're the talent. Like, you do this, you do that. And I wanted a deeper connection. I wanted to be able to connect with people and for people to uh, work with me because they wanted to work with me, like the inside human being that I am, not just my abs or my arms or my long hair or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. So um, that's when I started to transition is when it started to be unfulfilling, to be honest. Um, that's the only way I know how to put it. It was, it was good money, but it was very unfulfilling. Just kind of showing up to a job. You meet fellow models who some of which have nothing else going on. Like they model full time. And then others that are just catty or mean. It, it's just an, it's an interesting industry. Mm -hmm. So take us through how you have evolved into to like, what does business look like for you today? And also take us through like, how have you structured your work-life harmony? Yeah. So business today is actually fully online. I'm happy to say that we're, we're really growing out our business in uh, online training guides. And my brand is called kick-ass training guides, which is very me because that's the way I train is kind of like intense and um, circuit style training. So we're providing programs for women online. And how I essentially got there is I was a trainer and a sports model for probably eight or nine years. And then I just kind of reached a point where you can only train so many people in a day You're very burnt out. And then I wanted to reach more people, to be honest, more than the 15 people I was training in a day and um, be more than just a sports model. So that's how I transitioned. And uh, it's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> I think when I first saw uh, it, kind of like the major online training guides such as Tone It Up or um, Kayla Itzinas and some of these bigger brand online training guides, you think, oh, well, I can do that. I can totally do that. And I can and I'm doing it. But it is very it's all such a science <laughs> learning the online business, uh, learning about sales funnels and things that you just don't even know about when you're looking at it. You're saying, okay, I'm going to go to a studio. I'm going to shoot 550 exercises and I'm going to put them into a book. Like we think of one, two, three, four, five, and we don't think of one through 550 things that we actually have to do to make it successful. So I think the first year in business was really tough to find the balance. I mean, there was, like you said, there was no such thing as real balance. 
it was just, um, it's almost putting, putting yourself in a mind frame of saying this isn't forever, like working this hard, isn't going to be a forever thing. It's just how it is right now because you're starting your business. Um, and in addition to that, even if it isn't, uh, always stressful, there's always going to be stuff that needs to be done when you work for yourself. And how I find the balance is by saying you just work when things need to be done. And when things don't, aren't pressing and don't need to be done. That's where you just kind of take time for yourself. So that's how I recharge. So in terms of structuring your priorities, um, I also see on the Insta stories that are you actually training people out of a location too? Like you're still, and you still have that kind of connection. So, um, I kept three clients out of all my clients because I've just been with them for nine years and it was really tough to let go of a a few of them. Some of them, not so much. Like they totally took advantage of my time. It was easy to just be like, this is not working. This is not balanced. Um, But the three that I do train, yeah, a lot of them are out of their homes or we will go to a facility, but it's, I see them on average three to four times a week and they're very flexible to where if I'm like, Hey, I'm really swamped with my online training business this week, or I'm in the middle of a launch. They're like, cool. See you in a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were training like a boot camp style class. Um, yeah, I did classes for a little bit, but again, it's really difficult with the online business. So I try, I always try to max out everything I can do. I'm like, Ooh, maybe I can add in (laughs) one more thing. Maybe I can work one more job. And so a lot of people say like, Oh, you still teach, you still do modeling. I will only, um, do some boot camps. I will only take on some modeling jobs. And it's just really, if it fits monetarily what I want, if that makes sense. No, of course. And I absolutely love that. Um, you still kind of are multi-passionate about different things and, only say yes to the ones that, um, one are like aligned with you and then two, you know, revenue generating. And then, then three, um, it also, and I'm just guessing that they, they fit into your schedule that like, you don't have to forsake any of your health priorities. Like you're still, um, and your non-negotiables of like working out, going for runs are there. And if it would were to interfere with that, would you, would you let them go? Yeah, honestly, um, at this point in my life, yes, I think it's been so important to me to kind of find what truly makes me happy. And whether that's a run midday or my workout at night, I really do have my non-negotiables at this point. And Um, Maybe it's in part due to the fact that I feel like I can and I'm able to now, whereas maybe back then I was just truly trying to build an income and a business. And I I said yes to every opportunity that ever presented itself, whether it was beneficial or not. Um, I think now it's, it's, my life is a puzzle piece. You know, everything has to fit into the puzzle. And if it doesn't, then I kind of just I'm okay with saying no to it. I'm okay with letting it go. I was listening to the Oprah Super Soul podcast and she was chatting with Reese Witherspoon and Mindy um, Kali. I don't know how to say her last name. Calling. Yeah. Yeah. And they were joking around at the end that when Shonda Rhimes wrote the book, The Year of Yes, Reese was like, no, I need a year of no. 
Um, and I laugh so hard because it's true. Like there's a point in your life where you need to say yes. You need to try all the things. You need to network. You need to meet the people. And then once you've figured out your priorities and, you know, you've got beautiful revenue generating um, businesses, then you're like, okay, now it's my year of no and setting the boundaries. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That is too funny because I, I actually used to be known as the yes girl. Like truly it was Danielle will do that. Even my agencies, it was like, Danielle will go to this audition. Danielle will do this. She'll do this for this amount of money. And then there was a point that came where not that I was resentful, but I was almost just so no, 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 <laughs> I will not do that. So I, I did become that way actually for a while. And now I'm just smart about it. I don't say I'm a no girl. I just say I'm a smart girl. <laughs> I love it. So have you ever had a moment um, where things have just felt out of whack and you're like, crap, like I'm not taking care of myself properly? Yeah, I think with the online business, it's it can get really intense during launch periods. And by that, I mean, if we are launching a product, a new product, if we are in a sales period where we're really hitting a sale hard, uh, um, I find those times to be very high stress when we're in it. But then when we're done, I look back in hindsight and I say, okay, that wasn't that bad. It was just really bad while we were in it. So I do find myself being slightly out of whack during launch periods. But now that I have the hindsight where I know they eventually end. So I know that. And since I know that I try to really take advantage of that recharge time afterward. And, and I just push through as, as out of whack as it is, because it's very out of whack when we're in the middle of a launch. I know that I'm going to get that me time afterwards. So I just kind of push through, push through, push through to the end of the tunnel so that I can recharge. So what are your non-negotiables during a launch period? Working out for sure, even if it means I have to wake up early or go do a night workout. I, I become very flexible with my methods when I'm launching something because if I say I must wake up and go work out or I must work out at 5 p.m., I'll be screwed because there are just priorities during launch phase that they need my attention no matter what time it's at. So I use that time, my most high brain functioning time to work on launch stuff. And if that means I don't get my workout or my run in at noon, I just need to be flexible about it. But I will still always get it in because I think that's what helps me. It helps my brain to function at its highest capacity. Cool. So, okay, let's switch gears for a second. But tell me, what would you say you're most passionate about? At the moment, I'm most passionate about running my online business and just getting these training guides into as many women's hands as I can. I truly believe in the training methods. So I think it's exciting. What is your perfect ideal client that you're just like, yes, I want to work with you? <laughs> um, you know what? I love, I love working with women who they enjoy working out, but they don't, they're not pushing themselves. They're not, uh, trying to make changes. They're just going through the motions. That's where I just get so amped up. Cause I give them one of my workouts, they do it. And they're like, wow, I had no idea that I could do a burpee or wow. I had no idea I could do a dip to a toe touch. And they just don't know their full potential. That is my favorite client because 
they're a, they're willing to work, but B they just need that extra push that I'm able to give them to say like, Hey, you can actually do these things and create major changes in your body. You just are staying complacent, if that makes sense. So they just need like the parameters and the organization that you provide. And then that extra kind of gumption, like can't let Danielle down. Right, right. Exactly. And um, I also like more recently this year, I've shared a couple of personal like health things that I've dealt with, with hormones and um, gut health and digestive stuff. And so I really enjoy talking to women about those things as well. And they don't often correlate with the training necessarily. But I do like to talk to women about that as well. It's something I'm passionate about. Well, it also makes you a little bit more, again, on the authentic thing, like you are a gorgeous woman with really long, blonde, shiny hair. Can you tell I have a little bit of a girl crush on your hair? And it just makes you a little bit more like real and down to earth and like, oh, she's human. Yes, yes. Right. I know. And, and I know that it can be so misconstrued online. And so that's why this year, the last couple of years, I've just vowed to myself, like you're going to show up as you and and do the best you can at that, even if it feels uncomfortable. And so that's where those, you know, digestion issues and the hormone stuff, when I was feeling uncomfortable, it's like sharing it for me has been so helpful, because I realize so many other women deal with this. And and at outward appearance, it looks like Danielle's doing great. Her body's sick. So she's for sure doing great. Like, and the reality was there were times I wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm fine now. Again, I've, I've found things that work for me, but there was a time I wasn't fine and I was still trying to show up not fine. And it's hard. So now that you, um, and our health journey is always ever evolving, but as you're in this kind of new phase of figuring out how to take care of yourself differently, um, how do you nourish yourself? I definitely nourish myself through workouts. That's always going to be my number one, um, if I can, you know, if I'm not injured or dealing with, with a health issue. Um, so that's my number one. And my number two is definitely what I put into my body food wise. I think it's uh, been an ever evolving thing for me to learn. And I'm sure you can maybe agree with this. But what we were taught maybe five to six years ago, especially in the fitness modeling world, or if you ever competed was like these crazy ass diets where you're putting very regimented food in, you know, grilled chicken and asparagus. And it's just like all the time at nauseum repeat. And I think evolving from that into what really works for me is when I came into nourishing my body for real is when the inside of my body felt good. I wasn't just saying I have to eat protein because I have to eat protein. I have to eat asparagus because I have to eat asparagus. I have to drink a gallon of water. Um, but instead listening to what do I need? What does the inside of my body need and what feels good? And that's what I do now. All of the listeners are now going to get serenaded by havoc barking because the mailman is here. (laughs) Enjoy that. And I love that you say that. And it's, it's an interesting kind of um, 
thought process and I've had a few conversations on the show with former fitness competitors and it's true like we we get these very regimented diets and um, they're very much based in deprivation and deprivation mindset like I cannot eat this and when I was diagnosed with MS and I have this conversation with those that are on um, different meal plans based on living with autoimmune disease is we we're not on uh we're not on a diet. Like we refuse to use the word diet. We call them meal plans or lifestyles or protocols. Um, but they're very similar in terms of, um, there are things that you have to cut out for your health because it will cause inflammation. And, um, I remember talking to someone who said, I get to eat these things instead because they don't hurt my body. Or I get, I get to, um, find variety um, without gluten, but I get to find variety and fuel my body with all of these foods. So it's focusing on like the amazing foods that you do get to have, even, even if you are quote unquote, having to deprive your body. But when you're depriving your body of things that don't serve you, it's not necessarily deprivation. Amen. Amen. I love that. But still really, really hard when there's so many conversations um, about intuitive eating and just having something when you want to have it. Um, and it, it that's difficult for someone who hears that message and is like, well, I want, like, yeah, I really feel like having ice cream. And it's like, but just find the version of ice cream that you can have without causing more harm to your body. Right. I think it, it's so different too, because people with, uh, people who know how to intuitive eat is, is great. A lot of people don't though. So to talk about it, you really need to practice it first. It's not something intuitive eating isn't something you're just like, Hey, tomorrow I'm going to intuitive eat for the rest of my life. It doesn't work like that. Like a lot of people can't just have one piece or one slice or have it when they want it. And then on the flip side, for someone with digestive issues like myself, um, when you feel really good, you want to just keep doing that over and over and over again. And, and when there are things that make you feel like crap, it's really easy to just say no. And so when, when people bring it up, they're like, wow, it must really suck. You can't have this. I'm like, really? It doesn't suck because it feels good. So <laughs> it doesn't, I don't even think twice about it anymore. And people would look at my diet and say, it's very clean. It's very healthy, but, um, but it helps to know that I'm not going to aggravate my stomach by eating something. No, I absolutely love that because it's it's so important for people to really put blinders on and uh, say, this is what I'm going to do for myself. I'm going to stop watching what everybody else is eating and I'm going to find the parameters that work for myself. And once I find those parameters... I, I, I will stick to them because when I feel better, I can do more things. I can, you know, I can get all my workouts in. I can sit in the morning and spend an hour or two before work if I'm a side hustler. All right, so let's move on from nourishment to um, a little bit more. Like we've shared that you kind of have non-negotiables in terms of fitness and we, we know you work out, we know you run, but do you have like a specific training schedule coming from, you know, former, former like very regimented to what you do now? Um, yeah, so I used to, I used to go to the gym for like, two hours and 
just run and do hit training and circuit training. And that's just not feasible in one sitting for me anymore. Uh, the day is way too crazy. So I try to break it up. Um, I usually run Monday through Friday at lunchtime and then I'll do a strength session at night. And I'm talking like 45 minute increments both times, but it's just nice to have it split up because I work so much at my computer and I'm sure you can uh, relate to this, but you work so much at your computer, you almost need that mental break, break up of it. So um, most of the time I am getting in runs during the week, four to five runs during the week, plus strength training sessions, four to five strength training sessions. And then on the weekend, I just see what I feel up for. That's awesome. I, um, especially during the, the spring and summer when there's no snow on the ground, I'll, I'll, um, bring run clothes to work. When I was living in Toronto, we had showers at the office. So I would head out on a run and then come back. And now, um, <laughs> that I'm in Ottawa, uh, the two jobs that I've had, they do not have showers. So I'm fully baby wiping and I am very, very, I'm very proud of that fact because I would, I would rather be slightly gross in the afternoon. Like I am okay with having like a slight stink. Now I just cover my body in essential oils to mask it. Totally. Or like for me, I'm just like dry shampoo and like some random spray and I'm good to go. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, the baby wipe shower after a run. Totally. I'm, I'm with you on that quick cleanup. Anything to get the workout in. And I have an interesting like uh, conundrum. When I'm at my full-time job, I have a standing desk. Like I demanded it. And like I can sit, stand, sit, stand throughout the day. And I feel really good when I get home from work. My body still has energy. But I find when I work from home, I have a, like I have my own desk and I don't have a sit stand apparatus and I will just sit for hours on end because I'm at home and I'm like, I can be so productive. And then it's the, the worst thing ever. So if I were to ever have to work for myself, I would have to have rules in place to actually get up and move because I get into such a zone. Like I've got all the time in the world right now. No, I know. That's how it is. Like I wake up in the morning and I do computer work till literally 11 or noon. Um, and it's a lot of time sitting, which is why I break it up with that noon run. But I also have the stand up desk apparatus at home, but I find that I don't use it because, um, I don't know, <laughs> I could just <laughs> sit in this comfy chair, but I know it's so bad. Like my iWatch tells me vibrates like every two seconds. It's like, stand up. I'm like, no, I don't want to. Um, have you ever done the um, quiz by Gretchen Rubin to see what personality type you are for making habits? I don't think so. So there's like obliger, upholder, uh, rebel, and questioner. And I feel like if you're telling your watch you don't want to run, you're a rebel. Um, oh, yeah. But I am... I'm an obliger. Like I need, when I tell people my goals, I will stick to them. And it's similar, like, because I'm in an open concept office, if I'm not standing at my standing desk, like who am I? Um, <laughs> so, but no one sees me at home, you know, unless I'm Insta storing the entire day, like no one's going to call me out on the no, fact that I haven't. So no, no one's calling you out on it. This is why I share my life so publicly because like I need to do it to be held accountable <laughs> that I'm doing things. Yeah. Uh, it's um it's a fascinating kind of quiz and I know she has a book that then talks about what 
the personality types in terms of actually creating habits. Um, and so I'm, I'm in love with kind of her research brain and how she presents information. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. So if you have, you know, had a super busy day, it's launch period, you did not go for your noon run, and you stayed seated all day, what are some daily habits at the end of your day, like evening routine wise that you do to reduce stress? Well, I would try to work out, probably. Um, it's hard to say, like, what would you do when you know what you would do is work out. Um, but I do like a lot of people always ask me, how do you get motivated at the end of those days to actually work out? And my answer to that is I'll sign up for a class because I feel like, yes, can Danielle program her own workouts and do her own workouts? Sure, I can. But I almost need that environment at that point in the day to be like, all right, I showed up, I did it. And I'm doing it with other people that are probably feeling the same way I am like run down or tired or just had a, had a crazy work day. And so I'll always try to sign up for a class. If it's like really intense to where I can't get a workout in, um, I try to show grace to myself. Um, I'll honestly just like close my eyes for a few minutes and be like, you're okay. If you don't work out, it is not the end of the world. Go take a shower, eat some dinner and go to bed. Like, like I almost have to have that talk with myself to say, it's cool. You don't need to be firing 100% all the time. It's one of the hardest pain points I think alpha females and overachievers have is being nicer to ourselves. Um, my, t- my, when I'm super hard on myself, like I, um, have started running again now that the snow's melted and our the lovely Barker has like Havoc's gained 10 pounds over the winter and I have to get back into it pretty slowly. So I'm taking him for two and a half kilometer runs and then I'll take Rogue out for two and a half kilometers and um, I'll get back super overheated. My entire like right leg has probably gone numb by that point. And I just sit on the floor of our mudroom and cry. <laughs> Mike's like, Mike's like, what are you like? What's wrong? And I'm like, well, my leg's numb. And he's like, why are you being so hard on yourself? And I'm like, good question. <laughs> good. That's a great question. I wish I could answer it for you. Meanwhile, you're like, I wish I could answer it for you. Totally like sobbing, crying. And he's like, what is wrong? And he's like, oh, your leg's numb? You're fine. I'm like, thanks, babe. Like thanks. He, he does not baby me when I have MS symptoms, which is absolutely like exactly what I need because I don't need to be babied. As soon as I cool down, my feeling's going to come back. It's fine. Like, yeah. But yeah. it's just being so frustrated that like, also I'm, I'm, I'm tracking my time on Strava and I'm like, I am slow as an elephant. Like, holy crap. And it's because all of my friends on Strava are freaking speed demons. It's hard. It's hard when you have the watches, the Instagram, just everything that I think that's the one downfall of, of where we're going in 2018 is like, there is so many ways to compare yourself. There's so many ways to be reminded like, Hey, you suck. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Just like little tiny elbow jabs to the gut where you're like, all right. But I think, um, coming to the realization that like any alpha female or any, any female who's getting it done, we hold ourselves to such high standards that are honestly sometimes unreasonable. And I think 
coming back down to reality when we're in those moments of like being hard on ourselves or crying or like logging a shitty run or having a terrible day. Um, that's when we have to come back to reality. And what I always do is I say, if blank person, it could literally be anonymous person saw you right now, would they still think you're doing good? And a hundred percent of the time my answer is, yep, they'd still think that was more than the average person (laughs) because sometimes we need that reminder, even on my worst, worst day, it's still usually probably someone's good day, you know, or, or a day where they thought they accomplished a lot. So, uh, yeah, it's, that's how I remind myself is to just say, Hey, you still did a good job today, even though you think you didn't. Yeah. And even if we're comparing ourselves against ourselves, it's like, well, Robin, you didn't run five kilometers yesterday. Like, can you just celebrate the fact that you ran five kilometers today? Um, And yeah, it's always just like when we get to a point where we've achieved something um, specific, and even if it's like, you know, um, we've gotten a PB in a half marathon distance. And the next time you run a half marathon, maybe it's like one minute slower and you're like, crap, my life is over. It's like, you still ran a half half marathon at that speed. Like, can you just celebrate that? Um, and it's easier said than done. I totally will, will give ourselves that, but, um, just having this conversation so other people can hear and go, Oh, I totally do this too. Oh, I totally need to give myself a little bit of grace. And it's just a practice. It's like, do we practice running uh, every single day if we're training for a marathon? Do we, you know, find ourselves on the yoga mat every single day if we are doing a yoga challenge? Like it, everything is a practice, and giving ourselves grace is not something that you're going to be able to check off a checklist in like one try. No, it's a total practice, and it's even more of a practice for alpha female types. I do believe that. I think it's even. It's even harder. I just um, actually ran a half marathon uh, probably a month and a half ago, but I was coming off an injury. And when I signed up for the half marathon, I was ready to go. Like I was right on track for my training. And, um, and then I had the injury happen and it took me a two solid weeks to come to the realization of the fact that I wasn't going to run this half marathon with a PB. I wasn't, I would be lucky to just stay at a steady state and make it to the finish line, to be honest. And, but my point is for two weeks, I really had to practice saying to myself, it's okay that you're not going to PB. It's okay that your paces are much slower than they were two months ago. It's okay that you're still going to go to the race and do it without being a shining star. You know what I mean? Like for two weeks, I had to make that a practice until I really started to believe it. So, and I, I, I did the race. I did not PB and I was cool with that. I was so pumped to cross the finish line. I think I also saw your time and I was like, ah, oh, I can't wait to get to that speed. So it's like, it's always in perspective. Exactly. See, and I, and I was injured. And so to me, I was like, wow, that's not my best. Yeah. But, but anybody else is like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always put that into perspective for people who are like, well, it wasn't the greatest. I'm like, I can't wait to get to that speed. Like, Holy Hannah. Totally. And I thought, and it's funny because I follow a lot of runners that are literally like their paces are like five, six 
high sixes, maybe low sevens per mile. And I'm like, what the actual? So I think too, in perspective, it's, it's who you choose to follow as well. Like I'm not following a bunch of runners that are in my same, um, I'm almost following like elite advanced speedy runners, right. That are doing like multiple marathons and half marathons a year. Whereas I just sign up for a couple, if maybe a couple a year, you know? Yeah. Okay. So other than, um, us living in the comparison trap, what are, um, what is, or maybe uh, plural, what are some pain points that you're trying to problem solve for right now? Ooh, that is such a good question. Um, I think, Hmm. I've been really good about just kind of not comparing. I think, I think big pain points for me is when I help someone out in business in a business aspect and they're like ungrateful. I don't, I don't know if this is even going to come across right. Um, but I'm just, I'm being very transparent and honest with you, but I help a lot of like women out in my industry because I genuinely believe, uh, that in, in the abundance mindset, like we can all help each other out. There's not one perfect way to do it. Not one of us is different than the other. Like we're all trying to help each other out. And if I do that and I don't feel the reciprocation whatsoever, it really upsets me. I think that's a big pain point for me. Well, we're like the same person. I have that as well. And, um, mine's a bit different because mine's, um, from a network marketing perspective. So if I, you know, if someone requests to try out an essential oil sample from me and, um, I don't, I'm really bad at following up, like, uh, really, really bad. (laughs) And sometimes I'll follow up with someone and they're like, Oh, I enrolled with so-and-so. And I was just like, Oh, okay. And I have an abundance mindset. Like I have, like you have to in this business, like the more that you have in any, in any business, like when you have a giving mentality, the more you give, the more will come back to you. So I fully believe that. Uh, but it's really, really hard to hear that like a potential customer is someone else's customer. And you're just like, Oh, okay. Or having someone attend, you know, an online workshop, And, you know, you spent an hour pouring into them, telling them all about the business, and then they enroll, enroll with somebody else to build on their team. And you're just like, love it. Like the, I I sometimes make fun of the, like the woo world. Like they're like, love and light, love and light. And I'm like, (laughs) love and light. You're like, I swear to God. I don't know how to send love and light (laughs) really, really well. Like some, sometimes it's a little difficult for me, but like, I just have to try to think about like, what does that look like? Like, I'm just, I'm grateful that they found the company. I'm grateful that they, they have essential oils in their life. And I have to like really do a lot of due diligence to flip my mindset off of like our, yes. And in my, and I know we're in like slightly different industries in that way, but for me, um, because the pain point used to come when I would see them doing the exact thing that I just did. And like, I coached them and told them what to do and then they did it. Um, and so what I say is imitation is the greatest form of flattery. I just repeat that to myself 25 times before I lose it because, because I'm like, they, 
even if they're doing it and they did it exactly the same, I think the pain point comes from not being like, and thanks so much, Danielle, for the help with this thing. It's kind of just like they made it and presented it like they figured it out on their own, you know? I think it's um, it's also, I always try to give gratitude and thanks to as many people as possible. So if I've learned something for someone or if I've listened to a podcast or I've, you know, seen somebody's story on Instagram, I will constantly like talk about them and, and give shout outs. Um, so it's, it's just a mentality that I think we, we hope for. Um, and we try to surround ourselves with people like that. So when we don't see it, we're like, it was so simple for you to give me a small shout out. Like I need my love language is words of affirmation. Like give me that word of affirmation. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, what's funny is like, even though we're living in abundance and, and we give and we believe in that truly, it doesn't mean that like the other person is there. And so, um, seeing that is helpful knowing like, well, maybe they don't really, they're not in the abundance mindset. And so even though you help them, they're not in that mindset. So it's not it. I try not to make it a reflection of myself. And I try to just remember like what you're giving out is truly meaningful to people. And, um, you're living a life that you really want and that you're designing. So I try to just put that into perspective. The other perspective that I'll also bring into this is that something that I've had to learn um, because I didn't ever let myself feel emotions is that if I'm if if that angers me, I'm allowed to be angry. I'm allowed to feel that, um, and then I send love and light <laughs> out into the world. Love and light, love and light. But it's just like let me feel angry. Let me feel what that feels in my body, and then I let it go and I move on. And, you know, I, I don't dwell on it because I've actually let myself feel that way. And um, I think that's so important, especially if you come from, you know, a family um, or an upbringing where uh, you're not taught to like feel your feelings, which um, I, I've had to learn. Like I, uh, I subconsciously started to believe that like I, w- I wasn't supposed to cry because um I'm not strong if I, if I, if I, if I cry or anger, I've just never seen anger in my family. So it's like, I I didn't know what that actually looked like. And so I'm becoming a lot more like the, we talked about giving ourselves grace. I'm giving myself a lot more grace around um, actually letting myself feel feelings and then just moving on. Moving on. Yeah, no, that's a good one is like, and I think people like us, we're busy. We don't really have time to dwell on that stuff. It's so little too. Um, it's very minuscule usually once we feel it. Yeah, that five minutes though may seem like a really long time. Seems like a century, sometimes more than five minutes. So I'll be honest. Oh, I love it. Well, it's been absolutely amazing chatting with you. Will you leave our guests with the final answer and my favorite question? What is your definition of happiness? My definition of happiness is A, doing what you truly love. Uh, be finding ways still to fill your tank up, even if it's not in your actual profession. And see, trying to just go about life in a loving, 
mindset and an abundance mindset and shift away from the negative and um, like immature feelings of the past. That's what I call them, at least. I know that was a long definition, but there you go, girl. I love it. I love it when my guests go, and this, and this, and this, and this. And this. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for your time today and how you're showing up in the world. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Thanks. Okay, I've got two things going on right now that I wanted to let you know about. Number one, we've got a podcast giveaway going on for anyone that leaves me a rating and review. So let's say up until the end of April 2018, if you leave me a rating and review on iTunes, just take a screenshot of it and then go on Instagram, send me a direct message at Robin Baldwin of the rating and review, and you'll be entered in a draw. So I'm giving away access to three lucky listeners to my Peaceful Periods program, which is all around supporting your body and having a more peaceful period every single month. Number two, I have a Facebook community group that I use to support my essential oil customers. So the group is primarily essential oil information, education, tips and tricks. I let everybody know about the monthly promos for doTERRA because this is my side hustle. In addition, we talk about self-development. I share podcasts I'm listening to. I share um, this podcast every time it goes live and other people's podcasts as well. But for the month of April, there's going to be a daily healthy habits challenge. So if you're looking to create healthy habits in your life and you want a little bit of guidance, a little parameter, I would love to have you in the group. So search for Alpha Wellness as a Facebook group and just click to join, answer the questions for me, and I would love to see you in there. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice. Go do it now before changing to the next episode and just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.